Hello and welcome to another episode of Night of the Lists, the horror podcast where two fans break down, discuss, and rank your favorite ten manic nightmares. I'm your host, Salem Monsoon, joined as always by my co-host, Vincent Kane. Howdy, howdy. We here at Night of the Lists headquarters try not to date any episode by revealing when we were making these episodes. But when we do a themed episode, we have to pull back the curtain a little bit and reveal why we're doing a themed episode. Kane and I are recording. I don't know when this episode's dropping, but we're recording this right in the beginning of July, which means it's hotter than a witch's tit outside. For you kiddies out there, summer's fun. You get to break open fire hydrants and get popsicles, barbecues, pool parties, all that fun shit. For us adults, we just have to think about suicide every fucking day because it's so hot, especially for Kane and I, because we live in Texas and Arizona respectively, which is about as close to hell as you can po- possibly get. Sweating like a sweating like a, a whore in a in church. I mean, nuns and whores, they always be sweating. Yeah. So we decided the first episode idea I floated to them as a joke would be something about demons or hell or something. But we couldn't really figure that one out. We couldn't crack that nut. So we thought simple. I mean, the first time we did this, we did Sun Drench Store. So now let's take it to the sea. Because again, all of those activities I mentioned when you're a kid all involve water. Squirt guns, water guns, water balloons, pool parties, again, breaking open fire hydrants if you're a fucking rascal. So we decided... Trips to the ocean, trips to the lake. Yes, absolutely. I mean, unless you're a landlocked state like Utah, fuck them. You're not getting no fun. So we decided aquatic horror. So it's going to be a simple, easy breezy episode. How did you approach this list, my friend? I, I picked movies that had horror and water in it. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Uh, now we had, you know, like I said, uh, there's a there's several. I mean, there's a there's a ton out here. I definitely didn't want to go like usual. We didn't want to go straight Jaws because uh, mm. we've talked about that, and we're going to talk about that enough. And there's so many shark movies. I wanted to definitely kind of you know vary it up a little bit not just do just straight sharks or the, uh, that kind of stuff definitely wanted to go um talk about some movies that we're not going to talk about a lot there's several that i, I was like oh, we've either talked about too much or i'm going to talk about for a different type of list further on that still could fit in this aquatic horror type of setting so got went with some fun went with some you know maybe lesser known uh not talked about enough movies but that that that's pretty much my approach i try to limit my movies to movies on the water or under the water so movies in submarines or underwater bases or literally people stranded on a boat a raft what have you mm-hmm. and but then i stretch that out to at least the thing the threat has to come from the water like creature from the black right. lagoon and or what have you or redeemer son of satan if you're a madman i did not pick that i'm just saying <laughs> always remember that the killer in that movie is technically an aquatic horror monster that's how fucking stupid that movie is <laughs> beautifully all, stupid. all 30 seconds of him coming out of the lake it makes absolutely no fucking Not even sense. a lake. It's like a quarry type yes, thing it's, or it's, whatever. It's like a flooded quarry. <laughs> mm, such a be- it's a masterpiece. We'll talk about it. We did. We talked about that on underrated villains. Um, we, we will talk about it many times because it is amazing. <laughs> it's one of the best. 
uh, I hate the phrase um, so bad it's good because you like what you like, man. But right. sometimes, I mean, it's it's just an easy qualifier. Like you put that on Redeemer, Son of Satan, like you understand what it is. But I'm like, I think it's better than that, but not by much. <laughs> not by much. Right. Because it's, I mean, if you cut out all of that stupid bullshit, it's still good. But we're not talking about that movie because although there's aquatic horror, we'll save that for another list, even though we've already covered it. We'll talk about it again. We love you, Redeemer. We love you so much. You're my boy. You're the horror equivalent of Eric Roberts. We just can't, can't, you can't stop. Our love for you, we just can't quit you. But what is aquatic horror? To me, the two names that pop into my head are Spielberg and James Cameron. Now, James Cameron, I'm just going to leave that with a question mark above his head. Because I know for a lot of you going, why the fuck would James Cameron count? And I know you're thinking Abyss, but Abyss isn't really aquatic horror. So why would James Cameron? Stop thinking about that. I'm not talking about him right now. I'm talking about Spielberg. So let's talk about Spielberg. The obvious ones are the good ripoffs. Because, again, we're not talking about Jaws. And we're sure as fuck not going to talk about the sequels. Although I do like Jaws too. I mean, for what it is. I mean, if it was called anything else and Roy Roy Scheider wasn't in it, I think it would be the best or one of the best Jaws ripoffs. It just happened to be Jaws 2. So it is what it is. The good Jaws ripoffs are both of them are made by the same person, John Sayles. He made Piranha and Alligator. That's the tops, baby. You're not going to beat those. But I'm not picking those because they're too good. We'll pick them some other day. Then you got the next tier is probably Orca, which is nowhere near as good as that poster, and neither is any of the movies I'm about to talk about. But Orca has such a great fucking poster with this Ahab-looking guy. I believe it's Richard Harris with a harpoon about to stab a, the Orca right in the face. It's amazing. It's an amazing poster. Movie's not as good as that. Still pretty good. It's too serious for its own good, but it's it's, it's still pretty good. Not talking about that either. Get that out of my face. When I think of Jaws, when I think of aquatic horror, I think of all the Italian ripoffs, baby. That's the that's the beauty. That's Italians. They're the the best when it comes to ripping people off. Mad Max, a million of them, right? Uh, Dawn of the Dead, a million ripoffs. There's just they, they have a cottage industry of just ripping people off, and no one does it better because they just doesn't they do not give a shit about intellectual proper property rights. Let me say that line again. They do not give a shit about intellectual property rights. They just don't. So let's, and I'm going to do you guys a favor. I'm doing you guys a solid before I get to my pick, which, I mean, if you're following along, will be an Italian ripoff of Jaws. I'm going to rank the best five. And they're not. So we're doing, we're doing a list before our list? We're doing a list before the list because no one's ever done that for me. So I'm doing this for you guys really quick. I'm going to burn through them really quick, right? Number five, Deep Blood. Absolutely unwatchable. I don't give a fuck how much you like sharks. Don't watch it. Number four, Tintorera. It's one of the more famous of the uh, Italian Jaws ripoffs. Got a great name. Got a great poster. Not, not, it's just boring is what it is. Number three, The Last Shark. Slightly better, great poster, not that great. Number two, which for some people is better, and it has a better IMDb score and a better letterbox score, is Jaws of Death. Pretty fun. It's a fun, enjoyable movie. 
tons of it's it's that was the infamous one that was sued out of almost existence because it rip off it rips off so many things it has a oh my goodness it's it's crazy how many things that movie rips off but edging out jaws of death squeak and bash just a little bit number one cruel jaws directed by bruno matai all of these and the thing is all of these movies i just um, mentioned all directed by names of if you're fans of genre cinema you know all of these guys you've got a renee cardona jr in there william Griffey, ernesto g castorelli like a lot of i mean he did cannibal holocaust for god's sakes like yeah. these movies are all named directors it's just they're working with a, a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Like it, by the time you get to deep red, you're like, you might as well just kill yourself because the movie is fucking terrible. But this is how good Cruel Jaws is. I'm going to tell you the tagline and then I'm going to give you the, the plot synopsis. Then I'm going to give you the cast. And if then I don't really have to sell you any more than that. But this is the tagline. This time it's even more personal than the last time. What the fuck does that mean? Well, what that means is this was actually, I believe, Jaws 4 in Italy. So technically, this is more personal than the time a voodoo witch doctor brought him back to life to hunt the Brodies. Okay. This time, it's more personal than the last time. A tiger shark bred by the Navy as a killing machine is wreaking havoc in a sleepy tourist town of Hampton Bay. I don't really have to name off the cast it's filled with people i mean i warned you up front i was going to but they're not going to sell you on this because they're a bunch of no-name actors actually all of the the fake the shitty italian jaws ripoffs i named have better casts i mean vic morrow was in one of them for, for god's sakes and he's kind of sober through some of it like this is i mean david luther george barnes jr who gives a shit this is this is shark exploitation in its finest. Okay, you get Star Wars themes that just come in periodically for no fucking reason. All right, you have. I don't think there's a, a single second of original shark footage because it's taken all the shark footage from Jaws and Jaws Two, and I think another movie. I think Man Eater. I'm not 100 sure. None of it's original. None of it's good. But it's so bad, it's good. See, I came back full circle with that phrase, even though I'm not a fan of it. I'm also recommending watching this with a crowd, if you couldn't tell. And that crowd has to be inebriated. You can't watch this one by yourself. But if you do, you know, just remember, giant inflatable shark, you know, that's in this movie. And that's fun. You know, sometimes... You just want fun, okay? You're not always going to get Jaws, okay? This So a 3.3 on IMDb is the best ripoff? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely am, my friend. I absolutely <laughs> am. Because, again, Deep Blood is unwatchable. Tintorera is boring as shit. The Last Shark, the best thing about it is this poster. It's really fucking good. It's the girl on the rat. Um, uh, what do you call that? Ocean bed? What do you inflatable bed you put on a sailor doesn't know words today. What do you put what do you 
an inflatable bed you put on the ocean or a lake or a pool. What is that called? And a, fl- a floaty. Like you can lay on it. Right. I just, a floaty. That's all I what you call it. That's what it's called on a box if I was going to buy. If somebody told you to go buy a floaty. Oh, I don't know. God damn you, game. Uh, yeah, if somebody said go buy a floaty, that's exactly what I would buy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah. I don't know what the box is going to be called, but. Plastic inflatable bed for pools. I don't know what they're called, but it's a girl on one of the those. Float. Everybody knows what a floaty is. So <laughs> say floaty. <laughs> Underneath her is a big ass shark that's about to eat her. Great fucking poster. Jaws of Death. I mean, for some, that would be the better one because it's it moves a little bit quicker. This one is just so fucking ridiculous. Like it's like why even. Why even make this? Like, what? I mean, I understand because you're trying to shit out a fucking easy to make copy and paste product to cash in on Jaws because it's literally just to cash in on Jaws because it's just ripping footage. And this is not the only movie, by the way, that rips complete fucking footage out of Jaws and puts them in this movie because they couldn't be bothered. But it's just get, get they cash out. They're cashing in on it twenty years later. This was in 95. <laughs> they're cashing in on Jaw. That's crazy. And how do they, I guess because they're in Italy, how do they get away with using the footage? Uh, well, in Italy, they had no problem. That's why it's been a fucking bitch and a half yeah. to get on. Because again, Star Wars theme, just, and it's not even, it's not like they changed, like Vanilla Ice trying to come, um, uh, claim that he changed a little bit of no oh, um, yeah the uh, yeah the rhythm the, or whatever the the queen beat dun right. dun 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 ting like there's no ting it's 100 percent the Star Wars fucking theme <laughs> for no fucking reason and it it's fucking lunacy I think this finally came out on Blu-ray because of Severin or some shit I don't understand how they were able to finagle the rights to that I don't think Jaws of Death will ever or Last Shark. One of the two, I get that's what this is why I rated them because it's impossible because they've they, their names are interchangeable sometimes because sometimes this one's Jaws 4 and the other one's Jaws 5, even though that one came out before this one. Like it's it's a minefield. That's why I wanted to rate these up top. And they all have similar names, they all have Shark or Jaws somewhere in the title. It, they're a pain in the ass. That's why I wanted to rate them. Cruel Jaws, that's my pick for number 10. It's just a good time. It's not great. Not great. Some of my movies on this list tonight, not great. But you know what? Fun. That's what I have to say about that. Fun. I don't know about the fun, but okay. I have have nothing to say about any of this because I have no idea about it. This looks awful. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at pictures, but all right. On to my number nine. <laughs> um, all right, so number nine. This is a movie. It's not a good movie. I, I'm willing to admit it, but it's a fun movie. I think there, it's a lot better than what some people give it credit. I think there's really only one real downside and bummer to it, and that's um, one of the characters that I'll get into, or one of the actresses, really. All right, so my number nine is... 1999's Lake Placid. 
directed by Steve Miner of Friday 13th Part 2 and 3 fame. He also did horror movie called, you know, House. Um, he did H2O, Halloween uh, H2O. And this is about a, gi- a gigantic crocodile. And it's much like Jaws in the sense that th- the crocodile wasn't shown a lot. There was a lot of, you know, it, it had a lot of, let's bring in these experts to try and kill, take out this this uh, crocodile. And uh, it's happening, I just said it happened in like an ocean or a swamp or where it's, you know, this where you think there's would be a, a crocodile. It just happens to, in a lake in Black Lake, Maine, where there shouldn't be any like this. And it's just a fun, late, you know, late 90s horror movie. It There's fun and there's gore. One of our last uh, episodes um, was Funny Characters. And we what we talked about a lot was that fine line of having a funny character that does that can walk kind of both ways if it's too silly if it's too funny it ruins the movie so there has to be a good balance this is one i think has a decent balance of fun and gore where there are some pretty you know jump scare type of moments some kind of creepy moments and the and the gore when it happens is fun where a guy gets bit in half or a guy's head gets cut off or gets bitten off stuff like that the crocodile looks extremely great uh there's some cgi of course used here but there are some practical effects like when it's in the water there's an incredible shot where um the actress uh one of the actresses gets knocked into the or one of the characters gets knocked off the boat into the water and she has to hide in the lake while you see the the crocodile kind of swim by and so like I said, there's a there's a lot of jaws ripping off here that goes on here. Like I said, uh, they have expert that comes in, and really the only downer in this entire movie, uh, and then I'll get it back into all the good stuff is Bridget Fonda. Her character is absolutely awful. She's not the greatest actress, and this char- this character is just she's grating. She never there's no arc. She just is goes from annoying to more annoying. Uh, and then, you know, she just happens to be kissing Bill Pullman, who, you know, and Bill Pullman, what, what kind of run was Bill Pullman having here in the late 90s going from Independence Day and, um, he did, you know, Lost Highway, but he was in, like, it seemed like he was in a big movie almost every year, a couple big movies every year during this time. Uh, what else did he do? He did, um, I think, While You Were Sleeping, um, he was in Casper. I mean, like Wyatt Earp. He he was having a hell of a run here. Uh, he was also in Sleepless Hollow. I totally forgot about that. He's in a, he was in a lot of good stuff. But I, I really like I really liked him here. He was a pretty cool kind of guy. He wasn't exactly like your Roy uh, Scheider type of character. He was just kind of your kind of cool guy here. And then you got your Brendan Gleeson, who's absolutely he's one of my favorite actors. Period. And he's usually kind of more of a gruff serious type of guy but he has some really great comedy here of being like just kind of the old grumpy i'm i'm too old for this shit type of uh cop uh or sheriff or whatever he is here but his uh banter and his back and forth with oliver platt and this made me i I knew who oliver platt was and i had seen him and he'd always been kind of funny but this is one of my favorite i guess if you could have a favorite oliver platt movie this is definitely one of them uh for me 
uh, his, his, he's kind of like this wild, you know, I think a millionaire, billionaire, something like that, eccentric, um, kind of goes on, you know, knows all these different type of, uh, I, well, I'm trying to think of what you would compare, compare him to almost like an Elon Musk who goes after sharks or big time sharks or big time game or big time crocodiles, that type of guy uh, and him being kind of a ladies man is really hilarious in this because he's not the greatest looking dude but he's like seducing like one of the, like the hottest deputy ever and uh so that's that's there's a fun banter stuff there there's are a lot of good horror where the there's a crocodile that comes out of nowhere there's a bear attack and a crocodile comes out of nowhere and gets the bear that kind of stuff there's some really great stuff and i think and tell me if i'm wrong but is this the movie that kind of re-jump started Betty White. Yeah, her, I was and waiting. Her cu- and her uh, awful cussing mouth. <laughs> I was literally waiting for you to stop talking so I could bring that up. Yes, this is absolutely the thing that brought Betty White back into the public consciousness. And she's, and it's worth the watch just for that because Betty White, and of course, you should know who Betty White is, but goes from basically, you know, the sweet Golden Girls uh, lady to. And she was having a kind of a run here too, uh, as she was in Hard Rain and Holy Man, but she was Betty White and Holy Man. But we get her in here in Lake Placid, and she is absolutely, I mean, she says, she, if anybody out there knows who Al Swearingen is from Deadwood, she gives him a run for his money for <laughs> the vulgarity that comes out of her mouth during this movie and it's absolutely hilarious and yes it kind of jump-started her uh, re-jump-started her career back into the uh, forefront of everybody's mind and just kind of because it was hilarious to see this sweet little old lady that's just you know and there's you know slight little twist with that with her which is pretty hilarious at the same time and i don't want to give it away too much if you do go and watch it because i don't think this i think people know this movie if you're from the 90s but uh, or just love alligator movies or crocodile movies but this is not something that's overly well known when you start talking about even aquatic horror movies i think it was a huge television staple I feel like yeah, this was on back in the TV. Yeah, yeah, but now that nobody watches TV anymore, yeah, I think this is probably going to get fall by the wayside. That's a shame because yeah. it's really fucking fun. It's fun. It's uh, other like I said to me. Other than Bridget Fonda, I, I love almost everything about this movie. That's and about she, it. I mean, I'm not going to defend her because she's. I mean, don't don't do it. I won't let you. I can't defend her, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's such a non-entity in this that I don't even remember she's in it. Like I think of literally Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt. Like I didn't even- get rid of her altogether, and this movie is probably, you know, a, a point better or a grade better because of that. I I don't disagree. I mean, she- I think you need the character. I mean, if I rewatched it, she would probably bother me more. Because oh, yeah. she's so egregiously. I mean, she's always not. Yeah, she's never been the best. <laughs> she's never, she's usually the worst thing about. I don't want to shit on Bridget Fonda. I don't want to shit on her. Is she the? She's the one in Jackie Brown, right? She's right. Yeah. She's good. At, that's yeah. probably the only thing she's in. I mean, replacement killers is no. Is that been? I get her in Mina Savari like mixed up in my brain no she was in point of no return yeah the, the yeah. single white female yeah, i yeah. mean 
Okay. It's a simple plan. She wasn't even good in that. I just, yeah, I think Jackie Brown's probably the absolute best thing she's done. And that's saying, I mean, that just probably goes more to Tarantino pulling that out of her as did opposed you, to her being Did great. you know they were dating at the time? I did not know that. Fun fact. Let's get back to Lake Placid. In <laughs> Animal Attack Sphere, I would put this in the top. I mean, there's more Animal Attack movies than I think people know. So if yeah. I said this is in the top 15, that do, that doesn't sound like glowing praise. But there's a lot of them. I'd say this is comfortable top 15. This is as good as like a... Or let's just say it's as fun as. Because it's better made than Anaconda. Yeah. But Anaconda has that John Voight performance that's on another fucking planet. I don't know where he's beaming that fucking thing from. I don't know what accent that is, but it's glorious. It's amazing. So this is as fun as that. This is as fun as... Uh, I would say this is way more fun than Anaconda. It doesn't have that John Voight. It does have Brenda Gleeson, and it does have I, Oliver Platt. Yeah, those two alone. And then I think, like I said, I think Bill Pullman... He was just kind of, he was a pretty cool character in this one. I, I think he, he, you know, like I said, he was having a good run. And then you I have mean, those is, three alone. And then add in Betty White for crying yes, out loud. I kind of ain't got no Betty White. I don't care how good looking Jennifer Lopez is. She's not making Anaconda. It does start watchable with, at all. Wait, does it start with Danny Trejo? Why is my mind telling me it's Bruce Campbell? I think I'm mixing this in Congo up. Um yeah, this is like a, a, a Anaconda has Eric Stoltz in it for crying out loud. That tells you how bad it is. And Owen Wilson. Remember when he was and like Ice Cube? <laughs> they were putting Owen Wilson in like horror movies randomly, and you're like, you don't belong here. Harry Ruer. I mean, like I keep going. Yeah, this one had this one had Danny Trejo. Yeah, I, I know it started with some big genre actor getting yeah. killed. And I saw it the once, so I can't tell you too much. I like Anaconda. I think, uh, like, like Plants is as good as, like, a Arachnophobia or something. Like, it's not yeah. a Jaws. It's not an alligator. Oh, of course not. Yeah. It's not a... Uh, uh, I mean, Prana doesn't really hold up as good as you'd think. It's just the dialogue in that. Plus, the movie has tits. I'd say it's second tier. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, definitely... It's not a Jaws tier. level, of course, but yeah. I would say it's the second tier-ish. Yeah. This is yeah. yeah. Wherever Grizzly's at, this is in there somewhere. This is above Grizzly, below. I don't know, Perlana. <laughs> I don't, I don't, no, this is a fun one. Steve Miner it's is fun. underrated. Yeah. I probably should have picked him in a horror movie draft because I didn't know he directed that many movies, and I like every movie you mentioned. So, kind of <laughs> fucked myself. I'm never gonna get over it. All right. Speaking. Your number eight. My number eight. We're going from shark. We're going from is it an alligator or crocodile? It's an alligator, right? No, it's a uh, crocodile. Is it a crocodile? Yeah, yeah, a gigantic crocodile. In my mind, it's got that short, stubby mouth because crocodiles have the long mouths. Sometimes they mislabel alligators. And it may, yeah, there's no telling. It fucking bugs the shit out of me. It's also like eighteen feet long so it doesn't matter what it is it's not right. right so we're going from shark to crocodile to how about a jellyfish is that gonna scare you is that gonna <laughs> a, like a jellyfish jellyfish just one kind of he's a <laughs> all right would this piss your pants even more what if i told you it was a half man half jellyfish mutant hybrid would that make you piss your pants no, possibly. What if I, what, what he looks like? <laughs> well, all right. How about you Google what 
the monster looks like in Sting of Death. And let's just pause for a moment while you do this shit in real time. <laughs> Sting of Death. Yes, 1966. Now, before you look it up, I'm going to tell you exactly, and you tell me if I'm off base. Guy in black suit, I mean like a black tight leotard looking thing with a trash bag on his head with a couple of tentacles. Am I off base? Oh, oh dear Joe. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> so do you just you enjoy picking awful movies? Now let and... me tell you about Sting of Death. It is directed by <laughs> William Griffey, who Eros just released the box set of his movies. I believe that it, they called it The Man from the Swamp which was also the name of his documentary, which is fantastic, by the way. Check out The Man from the Swamp. It's all about William, William Raffae's movies. There's a great story in it about William Shatner almost killing Professor Tanaka. It's amazing. It's, it's fucking great. I mean, the problem with that box set is it doesn't come with, like, his best movie, which is Stanley. Uh, it's about a guy with a killer snake. That movie's fucking great. It's so good. William Griffey, if you like schlock trash cinema, I mean, he made The Jaws of Death, which was the number two on my Italian Jaws ripoffs. I mean, he's made Whiskey Mountain, which Tarantino loves. And Impulse is one of William Shatner's best. I'm talking around the movie because there's not much to talk about with Sting of Death other than the fact that you just got to see it. I'm not an aficionado <laughs> of Mystery Science Theater 3000, but I can imagine that this was this would be one of the first movies that they would do. I can't imagine they never did it because how can you not? I mean, Kane's. I mean, Kane probably is already done looking at the fucking monster. Yeah, but it's, it's a guy awful. with a fucking. It it looks like if you filled up a trash bag with air, and just taped, like. Uh, pipe cleaners to it or some shit or like tinsel or some shit like it's ridiculous looking and it's the most fucking fun it's a fun movie it's bad William Griffey I need this on record isolate the audio William Griffey is a terrible fucking director but it, there's something about him that's just fun he doesn't give a shit he's just gonna give you the fun shit and he does. This is ridiculously fun. I mean, I guess that's really all I can... It's a guy, it's a half-man, half-jellyfish mutant hybrid attacking teens on a, on a beach, on a Florida beach. I, if you're not sold, I don't know what to tell you. I, that's it. That's all I got for you. Sting of Death, 1966. You'll see is, it. Is it like a, it almost kind of reminds me like a ripoff of the creature of Black Lagoon? It's absolutely that, what that is. Okay. If you wanted to see like a pervy version of that, that would be Humanoids from the Deep. But that was produced by Roger Corman. So it had a modicum of fucking mo money behind it. Like the monsters look kind of cool in it. The problem with that movie is that there's just rape monsters and you're like, eh. And they never were supposed to be rape monsters. Roger Corman just wanted nudity in the movie. And the director was like, ah, I don't want to put nudity in the movie. And he's like, put nudity in the movie. And the only way she could figure out how to do it was just to have the monsters be rapers. I, I, you could have found another way around that, I guess. But that's what she decided. 
I, I, and I don't even know if that was the original director. Roger Corman might have gone behind her. I think I do remember this story where uh, he went behind her with another uh, crew and just fought, filmed other scenes with the monsters and titties and shit because he, he tended to do that because, yeah, he's a low-rent producer making movies about rape monsters and shit, but he's never wrong. Man always turned to profit. Who never turned to profit? Probably William Griffey. Sting of death. <laughs> because he made shit like this. He didn't have Roger Corman money. So he had to he had to make do. And you know what? God bless him. God bless him. When life gives you lemons. You make crappy I, I'm not, movies. <laughs> I, I literally don't have anything else to follow that up with. When life gives you lemons, dot, dot, dot. William Griffey's thing of death. Then on to number seven. <laughs> I mean, does he do anything with the lemons? I don't know. <laughs> does he? I mean, if you have a high t- tolerance for like, ma- it, I, I don't even like mock. I don't even know. If, I don't even know high tolerance. Like that looks absolutely god awful. Looking at this suit. Yeah, the suit is terrible. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not. Gonna, and it, he shoots it a lot. Like he's proud of it for some reason. And he shouldn't be. Really like even shouldn't for be. 1966, this looks awful. No, it's really, really, really fucking bad. It's really, really bad. It's really bad. The, the special effects in Cruel Jaws is better. And I cannot stress to you enough that there's an inflatable shark in it. That's better than the monster in Sting of, Sting of Death. But, so are your movies going to get better as we, or worse as we go along? Because right now, I think you're getting worse as we go along this list. This is much more fun than all of those Jaws movies. Oh, right, and I'm not going to say this is more fun than like Plastic, because come on, that's that's a goddamn lie. But if you like 60s beach movies, like Beach Party Blingo or whatever, because there was a lot of those, the, the Annette Funicelli movies, yeah. right? And uh, what is what was her um, sidekick in all those? Annette Funicelli and was it? I, I don't know why remember. Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon was it? Frankie F- Avalon. Yes, because I'm like, who's the guy in Greece that she fucking sings about? Beauty school dropout, and you're like, this is the worst song in the movie. But all right, whatever. Easily can cut beauty school dropout. Remember, I used to watch Back to the Beach all the time. Yeah, all right. Picture the Cowabunga one of, from Down Under. <laughs> picture one of those movies, right? Cut out all of the music, keep all of the scenes where there's just on the beach every 15 minutes or so. Hey, gang, what's what's in that cave over there? Q Monster. That's the movie. Not You're sold. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> not, not sold whatsoever. <laughs> Sting of death. Stop. Sting of death. You're not selling anybody on this movie. I'm all selling right. the, the winners out there. 1966, William Cafe. Buy that box set. It's fantastic. On to your number six. No, or seven. Number seven. I almost had it. I almost, almost had it. So I'm going with actual, I'm going with one of the, an anthology, uh, one of the parts of an anthology here. And that is from Creepshow 2, 1987. And it is the one called The Raft. If you've seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is one of the, Few creep, you know, creep show. We had anthologies. The first one had, I think, five stories. 
this one only had three um and it only had the one director which was michael cornick uh here and the the other two that are i think what was uh, one was the um do you need a ride thing and then the was it the oh the wooden the vengeful wooden native american and then, then the hitchhiker Old Chief yeah both of those not great i mean they're yeah the raft though is absolutely it is really really good it is really good and it's one of the few from my childhood childhood that actually pretty much scared me we did a you know going back to one of our previous episodes we talked about scenes that scared us we kind of went away from um scenes or movies that scared us while we were kids and went more unless they still affected us today this one doesn't still affect me today but i remember vividly being afraid of this because we went to the lake a lot and this happens in a lake this is an ocean where you can see and all that is lakes are dirty and you can't see more than you know a couple inches into the water so seeing something like this was very like okay i feel like this could happen <laughs> type of thing and it they just did a really good job to me of kind of just the the crazy practical effects that they do here with this floating blob thing that just looks like a bunch of trash and i'm sure it was like a metaphor for pollution and all that stuff but it's like this monstrous blob i don't give creeps that, like, that much credit yeah yeah but uh so for uh young adults of course they're on a trip they show up to a lake basically so you got the the four that go it's two guys two girls and they swim out to there's like a floating type of barge in the middle there so they swim out to there and while they're there having fun this the floating blob thing comes up and basically if it touches you it just melts your skin and like sucks you in i mean it's just i mean if you've seen the blob it's kind of the same thing but in water that's kind of the way, way it is and so it's just kind of okay well what do you do do you try to swim back do you just sit here and wait well but then there's little slats in between the wood you know the wood slats there's little holes you know in between their spaces so you can't just sit there and stand there and all that and so it's just just constant back and forth of well what do you do how do and, you know and then a few of them getting picked off and then you've got the um the the rapey i mean it was pretty rapey wasn't it wasn't that guy kissing this girl while she was sleeping yes yeah i mean it's the 80s baby so there's mm -hmm. some there's some rapiness to it <laughs> and so she's asleep and this guy starts making out with her and then all of a sudden she starts screaming and you see that it came up out through it and got part of her face and i remember that just freaking me out too and whatnot and so it just and then yes it has to me it had and i think it has a great ending i love the ending don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it but go watch the raft from creep show 2 i think it's this it's the second story i believe it's in between two awful ones and then this one and well, I'm not gonna say I, they're awful. I don't like them at all. I'm sure somebody out there defends them in some way or manner, but that oh, one alone is great. You don't like Old Chief Woodhead? I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not the best. No, I mean, it's okay, not. I guess, yeah. If the, all of the shorts were that good, I'd be like, all right, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it'd be okay. It feels like an EC Comics story. Like there's mm -hmm. a revenge. I mean, a thing happened, and then 
somebody's got to get revenge on him. It's George Kennedy is adorable in it. No, it's it's fine. The uh, the hitchhiker scene, the segment is terrible. It's really yeah. not good. I mean, it's still better than anything in Creepshow three, but it's still not good. But the raft scene in this, fuck, is it good? This is top five horror movie segments, horror anthology segments. This is it's up there for me. We were gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this again. <laughs> but we might yeah, have we to talk, fucking yeah. just. Up top, say this is like our number one collectively and just move on because it's so fucking good. It's really fucking good. It really is really good. And it's, uh, I mean, not to keep shitting on my boy, Larry Fessenden, because I love him so much, but he made a movie very similar to this called Below, I believe. Not the submarine movie. It was um, same setup. Guys, part uh, uh, a group of youngsters are partying and they're stuck on a raft and there's a sea monster below them. And it's fucking terrible. And I'm like, did you not watch this movie, Larry? Because this movie tells you everything you need to know. Now, it's... I mean, this movie works. This segment works because, what is it, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? So Yeah, there's no way you make a whole movie out of this. Yeah, no, you you really honestly can't. Especially with four people. Now, that movie has, like, double crosses and betrayals. Like, oh, you're sleeping with Rebecca? I love Rebecca. And then... I mean, there's a scene in this where somebody decides to try to make a swim for it, and he does a thing that's a bad thing. He's a bad guy. And that's like all of that movie, the Larry Fessenden movie, where it's like uh, it's rip-offs and betrayals and double-crosses and shit. It's like, I'm going to fuck you over to try to win. And it's like, it, it's one of those movies you just know by the end of it. It's like, everyone's going to die, and I don't care. I don't fucking and mm-hmm. I love Larry Fessenden. I hate shitting on him so much because I truly, le- legitimately love that man. But man, does he make shit movies? I don't like them. The The Raft, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, just watch, just watch that one. And I think it's one of the only ones out of the, at least the first two creep shows that I remember that didn't have any real name actors in it. No, which right? is crazy. Yeah, it's and that's that's one of the best ones. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Yeah, the, every segment of the first movie has at least a star in it, or at least right. a character actor that you know. I mean, right? Somebody recognizable. I don't think anybody's ever recognized these people ever again. No. So, I mean, cut those that number of people in half. Remove the. I was actually going to mention that the fact the blob in that looks like a trash bag, and the yeah. monster and stings of. Uh, Sting of Death. I always want to call it Jaws of Death because of all these Jaws movies we're talking about. Sting of Death also looks like a trash bag, so that's great. But replace the blob with a shark. Replace half of those people. I mean, not replace, but cut them in half. What I'm trying to say is my movie has two people and a shark and it's infinitely scarier. Arguably, or even debatably, that is 2006's Open Water. Or, I'm sorry, 2003, it's not 2006. Open Water. Why does no one fucking talk about this movie anymore? Like, it had a moment. I don't know, yeah. And no one fucking talks about it anymore. And I think this is a legitimately great fucking thriller. And it's terrifying as shit. And on top of the fucking terrifyingness, it's the fact that it's based on a true story. So that's even more terrifying. A couple decides to go scuba diving, and because of a mix-up, they get left behind. 
and they're stuck stranded in the middle of the ocean. That is the entire fucking setup of this movie. You have about, I'd say, 15 minutes before the fuck up, and then the rest of the movie, they're stranded in the middle of the ocean. What do they do to survive? I'm not going to tell you what they do, because that would ruin the fucking movie, because that's literally the movie. They're stuck in the middle of the ocean, and there's probably going to be sharks soon. I mean, that's as terrifying as it gets to me. Because before the age of GPS, one of my biggest fears was getting lost. I didn't like getting lost. I'm still not a fan of it, but I know that I can never really truly get lost in the age of GPS because I can just literally go, hey, Google, where the fuck am I? And it'll tell me. It's like, oh, sailor, you're like 20 minutes from home, you drunk ass. Just call it Lyft, and I'm fine. But before that, it's scary. It's getting scared being all by yourself. I'm a, I'm a scary boy. Oh, I don't like it. Don't like being by myself. Now, imagine being by yourself, lost in the middle of the ocean. How? First of all, how is anyone going to fucking find you? They don't even know that they're missing, first of all. <laughs> they don't know that they're missing, so no one's going to come look for them. Two, even if they did, how the fuck are they going to find them? I guess just by going back to where they were scuba diving, but I think the, the, oceans have al- the ocean has already probably drifted them out a little bit further. But on one end, who the fuck knows? Because it's the ocean. It's vast. It's like literally looking for a needle in a stack of needles. It's crazy. And these two people, I actually want to mention who they are because I think they're really fucking good in the movie. It's Blanchard Ryan and Daniel Travis. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think they're better than the two male leads in Blair Witch project i don't think they're as good as heather donahue but few people are because it looks like she's legitimately having a panic attack on screen like she looks like she's she's afraid for her life (laughs) like i've never seen acting that good because i don't think she's acting but these two i mean because they're trying to hold it together but it's like how can you how can you hold it together and then, so one of them is trying to keep it up for the other one because if both of them crack, they might as well just drown and kill themselves. So they're really doing excellent work here. The only negative I could think of for this movie is the day for night scenes. And I'm like, all right, that gets a pass. Because if any movie really required or demanded a pass for day for night it would be a movie set entirely on the ocean because how can you block out the fucking sun and you're not going to film the shit at night because that's ridiculous and no actor would sign up for that unless this was a fucking werner herzog movie (laughs) because his ass is crazy and he's like yes i will get into the ocean with you we will film each other in the in the darkness it's a terrible werner herzog it's a terrible impression. Open Water, 2003. People stop talking about it. I don't know why. I think this is one of the great thrillers of the 2000s. I think maybe because it slipped through the cracks or some shit. Because I remember people talking about it at the time. Like, it was a big deal. And It just didn't have staying power. And I, I couldn't tell you. I, I even think the fucking directed video sequel is good. I even think that's good. And that's about... Uh, it's not based on a true story, but it's... Uh, people on a yacht and some drunken asshole brings up the ladder to the yacht 
and then jumps into the water and they can't get back on the yacht. That's the, and then what do you do? Cause you're right there. And that's, it might be even worse because you're like one, you have somebody to blame for this. And two, it, your safety is right there and you can't fucking, cause how are you going to climb it? It's like 20 feet tall. What are you going to do? You're going to cut off your hand and like fucking use your bone as like a shiv to like, come on, you, you can't get up the yacht. It's fucking terrifying. I think even that movie's pretty good. I mean, it starts to drop towards the last third act. So I'm not really recommending it because it's been a while since I've seen it. But this movie, I don't think I've seen. Fuck, man, it's been almost 20 years since I've seen this. And I can tell you every yeah. single thing that happens. Not that a lot of things happen in this, but I remember everything that does. So open water. Well, but this, I mean, uh, I think rewatchability factor. I like, I watched it too whatever 20 years ago and i've never wanted to watch it again like it wasn't something i wanted to watch again so i think maybe that's why it fell off because it just it's not something i i believe too many people want to return to it's fun i wouldn't i don't i don't think it i don't i didn't find it as good as what you're but you found it but i think it, it it's it's it does have a certain terrif- the the premise of it is terrifying enough and yes, the two the two leads do a genuinely decent job, and there's some decent, yeah, decent job. And okay, all right, you're you're right. You recommended Cruel Jaws and Sting of Death. Okay, calm okay. down, sir. <laughs> I'm I'm moving past the trash. I'm going into movies that I actually think are great from this point forward. These are okay. all great gotcha. movies. I can I never <laughs> once used the word great. <laughs> to describe cruel draws or even watchable i said fun, <laughs> fun. capitalize fun. it underline it exclamation point fun. Fun. Okay. with confetti this one might be the antithesis of fun not fun that's probably why it fell by the wayside because it's not fun it's not a fun movie well no and then like i said and it's again i don't know how many people are returning to this movie i think you watch it it is what it is and you move on i mean i can't disagree with that but. yeah and i'm not and i'm not saying it is i think it's worth a watch especially if you like these type of movies you know and you have the you know you kind of brought up like blair witch it had that kind of blair witch factor to it of it feeling like uh, you know it could have been like a real type of scenario so yeah definitely it's worth a watch but i again that's why i think it's it fell off like it felt like it was going to be a big thing in whatever 2003 like you said felt like it's going to be kind of okay we're going to start this kind of new trend again with you know blair witch and then this but just different and it just it never it just didn't take off so but it's It's, definitely worth the watch the only reason i bring up blair witch is because it's a micro budget film like this was made for nothing and it's, I mean, Blair Witch is essentially a movie about three people lost in the forest and they can't yeah. get out. Other movies have tried to retcon it by saying that there's sorcery, witchcraft preventing them from leaving the woods. I don't like any of that shit. No. I just think they got in over their heads. They got lost in the woods. Right. And they just yeah. happened to find a witch. And that, I mean, well, I mean, here's the thing. They're uh, open water. They're stuck in the middle of the water. Replace the witch with a shark, 
and then replace that shark with a bunch of sharks, I mean, that's just as terrifying. So they're similar yeah. in a way. So yeah. open yeah. water. Check it out. Check it out. On to my number five. All right. This one. I mean, it definitely has, it's a different type of aquatic horror. It's definitely set a lot in water, but it's a lot of it happens. A lot of the story happens on land. So it's not one of the, it's not like, it's not like a Jaws. It's not like a Lake Placid or something where uh, open water, where everything's directly related to people being inside of water. But when I kind of, if you know the movie and once I kind of explain it, you understand why the aquatic horror that kind of comes from it. Because it's about fish people. (laughs) It's 2001 uh, Dagon or Dagon, however the hell you say it. I think it's Dagon. Dagon. So, okay. So that's perfect for um, this this Texan gentleman, Dagon, right? Um, just uh, so 2001 directed by the great Stuart Gordon who also did you know Reanimator from Beyond Castle Freak just a lot of and it's your B-level horror type of movie it's also kind of like a love letter to H.P. Lovecraft because he kind of did a lot of these Uh, but it's based on uh, H.P.'s story The Shadow Over Innsmouth and um, it's just simply you got these people on a yacht, they crash, two people on the yacht get trapped. This other couple need to basically swim or kayak to shore to this abandoned look abandoned looking shore town. They get there to try to get help. They find a priest and the priest gets these two weird pale looking guys to go and help. They go back out there and their friends are gone. And then they come back and weird stuff starts happening. That's kind of, and then it just kind of goes from there. It has um, some really great practical effects for the, it has some really bad, it has some really, really bad 2000s CGI. I mean, low budget, nothing really great when it comes to the CGI, but I think the practical effects for the budget that it had I wouldn't put it, 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 you would, in the eighties, it would be talked about a lot better. It it would be on, it would be on par with a lot of good eighties practical effects, effects, horror movies. It's not on the level of like John Carpenter's the thing, but it has a lot of that feel to it where it just, it feels, it feels real. It feels like, a you know, these people have fish hands and stuff like that. And then, but then you have this, you know, one, uh, scene where this guy basically gets skinned alive and it's really it's really gruesome and cool looking um and so it it just it did a really good job there so it had some visceral effects that did just really and that's one thing that Stuart gordon was really good at i mean yeah the cgi because you know there's boats and there's a little bit bigger uh, effects that probably he wouldn't able to able to do with practical effects or you know things that needed to be done and it's just it's just kind of this weird it's it's a town of fish people and you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on and then you have an absolute um gorgeous um what her macarena gomez she's kind of this um i don't know what would you say like queen of the town or something and she just plays a really i don't want to get too much into her character but you you kind of can tell there's something up with her uh she's kind of in 
in uh been in paul who's the main guy his his dreams and whatnot and then all of a sudden he figures out that he's real she's real and then it just kind of goes from there and it's just it's just balls crazy it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun in the Stuart gordon type of fun like if you know Stuart gordon's movies you know the type of fun that i'm talking about and it just it it just kind of goes kind of bonkers and just keeps going more bonkers and more bonkers but like i said and there's some fun visceral effects that just kind of harken back to 80s type of horror movies but just with bad cgi thrown in the cgi well. is so fucking bad it's so bad it's like so i mean like bad. You know, like sci-fi TV show, TV movie level bad, but early two thousands, which you know CGI was bad for horror movies back then. Period, and this was even worse. That's really the biggest detractor that I have had from it. But with everything else that it did, the story it told, and all that, I can overlook that. And I, I think it, it to me doesn't take away from the movie like sometimes CGI does because you're sitting there watching where they could use practical effects. You're like, that's great, that looks amazing. Where they couldn't, you just was like, they just couldn't. That's just how it, how how the cookie crumble type of thing. They had to use CGI. It looks awful. You move on, plain and simple. But that's my number five. Dag on. I, the one thing I remember about this movie is a thing I can't talk about. <laughs> right. But it involves a woman in a bed. That's all I'm going to say. But it's an image that stuck with me forever. Yeah. yeah. It's a very great reveal. And you're like, this movie is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're still because you're still questioning things. Then, like you see, you've seen some stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, John. Okay, let's go. You know, Carpenter's. Um, in the mouth of madness mm -hmm. you know if you've seen that it's a similar to that because i mean a lot of these are a you know lovecraft you know type of movies um and so if you've seen that in the mouth of madness it's very similar to that where the townsfolk they don't all look like like they look normal humans and then there's something weird about them and then there's some that are even more, you know, and it just kind of, it's like a nightmare that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so that, uh, yeah, so that's daggone for you. It's, I have said this a million times. So the only way to properly adapt Lovecraft is to not adapt Lovecraft because you can't. You have to break him in half and then just do your own thing. You have to take the bits and pieces you like and then form a new story over that. And this kind of does that to a degree because there's really not much to The Shadow Over Innsmouth. I've read some of Lovecraft's big stories. That's one of the ones I've read. It's a smaller story. Like, there's really not much to it. So to try to turn that into a movie, you are going to have to add shit to it. And that's what this movie does. And Stuart Gordon would be the one I would pick to do it because he's done it before with Jeffrey Combs with Reanimator. Because that's as loose an adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft story as you can get. Because they're, they're so radically different. I I like it. I, it's got some weird, cool shit in it. I Like you said, I really feel like... I mean, when you said this was 2001, that kind of like blew my brains. Yeah. Because I would have I bet hard money this was like 92 at most. Yeah. 
So when I'm looking at 2001, I'm like, you missed the boat by a fucking mile, Gordon. <laughs> like, you should not have made this in 2001. Like, this this was not the time for this. 80s was the perfect time. And you have, like you said, the, the great practical effects of mm -hmm. the 80s in here. I mean, there's some great crab-looking people. There's oh, some yeah. great monsters, again, the lady in the, the bed. Yeah. Great. It's such a great reveal. And you're like, this movie. I Let me say it again. Bananas. And I mean, Jeffrey Combs is always good. He's never phoned in a performance, so it's kind of worth it just to see another Jeffrey Combs performance you haven't seen. The queen that you said, I what was her name? Macaroni? Like, what was that? <laughs> Macarena. Macarena. She looks yeah, like, like an older Matilda May with more clothes, kind of, with a weird headdress thingy, a little crown. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's gorgeous though. She's absolutely gorgeous. Matilda May is a stunner. Man, I hope she's legal. I don't think we've ever asked actually. I think she's 21. Toby Toby Hooper's not that crazy to put an underage naked alien in his movie. I just wish this was better. But it is worth watching. It definitely is worth watching. There's yeah. um I mean speaking to both Jeffrey Combs and H.P. Lovecraft, there is a horror anthology called Necronomicon, The Book of the Dead, which for the longest time was really fucking hard to find, like because it never hit DVD or Blu-ray. Or if it hit DVD, it went way out of print really quickly. There is a segment in that that's like 20... It's, it's uneven. It's... I mean... It, Jeffrey Combs as H.P. Lovecraft, because he's in the, what would you say, the cutaway segments, because he's trying to find the Necronomicon. It's distracting because yeah. he looks just like Bruce Campbell, because <laughs> Lovecraft had like a famously long, pointy chin. So they put him on that. I'm like, man, he looks just like Bruce Campbell. I mean, it, the segment's fun. The, the, the wraparound is fun. But yeah. there's a segment with a Cthulhu monster, which I believe is directed by the guy who did Reanimator 2. Why am I blanking on his name? And he did Faust and he did Society. Brian Usna, got it. I mean, if I talk long enough, I can get into my memory breaks. I believe Brian Usna did that segment with the Cthulhu monster. It's the best one. So if Dagon ain't doing it for you, Check out Necronomicon and just skip to that one. It might even be called the in over uh, the mouth over in's What the fuck is it called? The in over what is it called? Shadow over in's mouth. Is that what it's called? Oh Lord have mercy! It is the shadow over in's mouth. There we go. I got it. I believe it's called that too. I don't know, but check that one out. So Dagon and you get double recommendation Dagon and whatever the name of that fucking segment in Necronomicon directed by Brian Usna is not even be directed by him. I don't know. It's got a fucking Cthulhu monster. Go watch it. So does Cold Skin. That wasn't on my list. I thought about it. I haven't seen that one. I, I added it to my list re after researching this. I do want to watch it sometime. Is it worth to watch? It's good, but there's questionable things in it okay. i mean we were talking about rapey characters in the raft the entire movie i mean it's the rapey version of shape out of the water okay what what if okay. uh, 
what if uh, Sally Hawkins and the Fishman? What if he wasn't into it, but she really was, and then you just turned her into a man, and you turned him into a woman? That's the plot of that movie. That's Cold Skin. It's really fucking good. It's good, but it's like oh, this is really pervy. Yeah, I don't like this. But I mean, he's not the main character, the one who's in love with the fish woman. That's not a reveal. That's not really a, a spoiler. I'm not giving gotcha. too much away because that's like the the crux of the plot is that he's connector. All right, uh, let's You're move number four. Yeah, let's move from rape and H.P. Lovecraft onto. It's, it's called the callback. I previously mentioned James Cameron. You might be wondering, why the fuck James Cameron? Now, you have to remember, James Cameron at one time was such a hot commodity that him just mentioning that he was going to make a movie, 10 movies would get greenlit based on what they thought the premise would be. That's exactly what happened when he wrote Rambo 2. Like his script got out there and boom, you got fucking three missing in action movies before that one even came out. Like there was a time when James Cameron was just the hot golden boy. And that's exactly what happened with the Abyss. He mentioned that he was going, or not mentioned, but he just announced that he was going to make a movie set underwater. And everyone assumed it was going to be a horror movie. So the year that that movie came out, every fucking studio pumped out an Abyss re, uh, ripoff before it even came out. And they all look like idiots because The Abyss is not a horror movie at all. So within one year, we had The Abyss, The Rift, Lords of the Deep, Deep Star Six, and my pick, The Obvious, Leviathan. Uh, if you love the thing... And you set the thing underwater with almost equally a good cast, Leviathan. So a cast equally as good, as I said, Peter Weller, Richard Crenna, Daniel Stern, Ernie Hudson, and Hector Elizondo. And then you got Meg Foster with those fucking eyes. So you, you set underwater, the thing underwater. What is the plot? Underwater deep sea miners encounter a Soviet wreck and bring back a dangerous cargo to their base on the ocean floor with horrifying results that's what letterbox is telling me basically meg foster is paying um what it is i always want to call him robocop poor peter weller paying uh buckaroo bonsai and his crew to do something you should know if meg foster's in a movie that she's not on the up and up she's just always bad just, she just has that look. She looks like a bat. She looks like a bitch. I mean, I'm sorry, but she just <laughs> always looks like that. With the best eyes. The, the greatest bitch. eyes. The greatest eyes. Ma- Masters of the universe, baby. She's basically Paul Reiser's character in Aliens. You just don't know it because you don't know what the fuck this movie's about while watching it. So you're like, all right, she's paying them to do something, and they go scavenge or scout scavenge is it scavenge 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 try that again scavenging scavenging they go scavenging uh uh, the sub like i said and daniel stern finds this bottle of hooch and he's like i'm gonna take this aboard but what he doesn't know is in that bottle of hooch is monster and it affects people and then they turn into monsters themselves 
cue, amazing practical effects. No fucking 2001 bullshit CGI here, baby. It's all practical effects. Now, before I talk about the monster, which is amazing, this movie has, for my estimation, the best dry for wet scenes ever. You would, I would swear that they were filming this movie underwater. It's fucking incredible how good the fucking... Un- and I can't say underwater scenes because they never shot anything underwater. But when they're in their little scuba suits and they're stomping on the ground and you see all the detritus and shit, tell me that's not fucking underwater. They are underwater. Yeah. I know that they're not. I'm, I've seen the behind-the-scenes footage. It's as convincing to me as... Anything you could shoot underwater. Like, it's amazing what he's able to do. George P. Cosmatos, amazing director, father too. Panos, we all love him. He directed Mandy. We'll talk about him some other day. But George P. Cosmatos at this time was a fucking beast. Knew how to direct. Those dry for wet scenes, man, they're fucking fantastic. So, let's get on to the monster. I don't know how to describe it, but it's a lot of a thing. It's like a big old thing. And it's fucking fantastic. It's just a big old... Uh, well, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's just a big-ass monster. And it's fucking great. And when you... Uh, Daniel Stern drinks from the thing. That's how... I don't know. It bur- bursts out of somebody. And then it just keeps mutating and evolving and getting be- bigger. And, oh, wouldn't you know it? That's kind of what Meg Foster was after the whole fucking time. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a fucking twist. Doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? The movie's about Robocop and his crew going after the fucking monster. And it's fantastic. Again, I and it's I guess it would be the thing mixed with aliens. Because then it becomes we gotta hunt this fucking thing down. Right. It's fucking just good. It's just a good underwater movie. And here's the thing. This is coming from somebody who likes all of those movies. I like Deep Star Six. Not great. Not great. There's some good scenes in it, but Sean S. Cunningham is an inferior director in every way to George P. Cosmato, so he doesn't really know how to make a movie. So it's just nowhere near as good. Lords of the Deep and The Rift, also not good. They're not good movies, but they're fun. If you like aquatic horror, and but this type of aquatic horror where there's an underground base and they're drilling, and they unleash something that they shouldn't have, and now they have to fucking deal with it. If you're a fan of that template of movie, this is the best one. And it has been for a very long time. I don't know if anything could ever top it. No, yeah, it was definitely a run on these type of movies around this time. This was uh, 89. That was a little bit earlier than what I thought. But yeah, if, if like you said, it's it's one of those if you like the abysses and the deep star deep star sixes and the deep risings and those type of movies, then this is right up your alley. Just solid cast, like you said. Uh, I don't, I was just thinking when you said uh, Richard Crennan, I was just thinking, I don't know if I've ever seen him anything other than Rambo. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, yeah, I know he's done a lot of other stuff, but it's like. There's just certain actors like that's all you know them from is just this one franchise or few movies and stuff unless you go back earlier in their career. But um, no, it's it's fine. I like the monster. I do think it's kind of because I think 
isn't part of the thing with the monster where it like if it eats people it morphs like the people are a part of it like you see i'm kind of vague on the thing with the monster because i'm not gonna lie it's been a minute since i've seen this okay i don't exactly remember i think there's like a part where you see like i can't i can't remember if it was the guy that came that he came from like came out of Mm -hmm. like you talked about but I think I like you could see his face still or something on the like the guy on the monster where his shoulder or something would be. So I thought it was kind of unique and different. So I know there's something. I know he keeps evolving, but right. I couldn't remember if it was because he was eating people, if he was infecting them, and then they were bursting, and then he was. I couldn't remember to be honest with you. But I just but know yeah. it keeps yeah. getting bigger, and RoboCop has a hell of a time trying to fight it. Good yeah, movie. If it was actual Robocop, that now that would be a, a movie right there. Or Buckarubanza. What do you or like Buckaroo more? Ro- Robocop or Buckarubanza? I like Robocop more, but I do I do enjoy me some Buckarubanza. Now if you had both of those, you wouldn't need a Daniel Stern, I'm just saying. You wouldn't need to fuck up on the crew because they're not gonna get drunk. Robocop doesn't right, drink exactly. Up right. He'd he'd have known what Meg Foster was up to in a heartbeat. <laughs> He would have been He wouldn't have entranced by them eyes. He would have fucked her first and be like, "Get off my boat," <laughs> even though it's not a boat. Just like open the door and kick her. Yeah, out. and kill everybody. Yeah, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Yeah, he could, he could hold it. if anyone could hold the water at bay. Just a look, right? Eighties Peter Weller, <laughs> dead or alive, you're coming with me. All right, so. Um, we go from one deep underwater aquatic horror movie to another deep underwater aquatic horror movie, and that is 2020's Underwater, aptly named Underwater. Awful name for a really fun and really good aquatic horror movie. I love this movie, and no, it is not just because Christian Stewart is in it. And no, it is not just because Christian Stewart is running around half naked and wet for a part of the movie. That helps. But that is not the only reason why this... I think this is one of those movies. It's essentially alien underwater. Let's get that out of the way. There's so... I mean, almost everything we've talked about on here has been a ripoff of something in, in a sense or inspired by something. It's very similar to that type of they're they're trapped in a space confined space with some unknown thing after it and they've got to survive type of scenario so but the thing i love about this movie first of all is it once it starts it is like breakneck speed it is it it, once it starts it does not stop until the very very end and uh, an amazing end that we'll get to we won't we won't give it away can um, we if you go back, but if you go back and watch or listen to our trashies episode, then you would know. So there's our there's we're not going to give it away. But if you want to if you want to know, then go back and listen to trashies episode, and you will find out what what happens at the end because that we do some spoilers there. So some really good some really good um, just underwater uh, you know cinematography happenings type of stuff there's the claustrophobia there's some really good 
I, you know, Vincent, uh, Vincent Cassell is in it. He does, he's, he's always really great. And I said, Christian Stewart, she plays the Ripley type of character extremely well. The, I think one thing, I, one of my favorite things about it that probably doesn't get talked about enough is the, uh, their outfits, like their, their suits. I think they're really cool looking underwater. It's like, they're more like astronaut type suits that are ready for, you know, more of like heavy duty work than just, you know, just underwater deep sea diving type of stuff. Uh, almost has like a gears of war type of feel to them. I really like that. Uh, so it, it had some, it had some really good stuff. TJ Miller's TJ Miller in it. Basically he just has a different name for what, I don't know why they just don't call him TJ Miller in this, but uh, he has some moments. There's some, there are some, there are of course monsters and there's little monsters and there's bigger monsters and all this kind of stuff, which are really cool looking. My, my favorite thing is it just, it just doesn't stop. It just, it keeps going. This is one of those movies. It's either, you're slow and you're atmospheric like an alien type of movie. Um, even like, you know, I think the, the abyss is a little bit more kind of like that. Cause this is, there's a similarity there too. There's kind of a slow, you know, let's build the, this tension. Like, no, this is like a roller coaster ride that it start it starts and you just, you're going from one turn to one twist after another. And it's just all about survival and survival. And it feels like, it's a, um, I'm trying to think of the word, like real time type of thing. Like they have a certain amount of time before this place explodes type, you know, like this is kind of one of those under all underwater. It's kind of like submarine movies where every submarine movie, the submarine's going to go down to the depths and, you know, implode on itself. It's kind of that thing where if you don't get out of, get this thing fixed in time, the whole place is going to go and everybody's going to die. So the, of course there's that. And they're just, but they, they can't stop because there's these, there's these monster, whatever it is coming after them. And they, they have one turn, they get this fixed, but then they got to deal with the monster. They get away from the monster and they've got to deal with this. So just a lot of great stuff. I, it's just, it's a fun, fun movie you know, it's not a, it's nothing great. I think it's better than what a lot of people probably gave it credit for. Uh, I think this is better than Leviathan. Oh yeah, Definitely. Don't say definitely. definitely. It it had the fucking record from 89 to fucking 2020. And the only reason I put this movie ahead of it is because of the ending. Which you still could have done practically, but the CGI is fine enough where I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't give a shit. I was like, yes, finally. Finally. (laughs) Finally, I get that thing that I've wanted my entire life. Right. There it is. Yay. There it is. <laughs> it's, and you can go to the trashy episode and find out what that was if you want to. But I would recommend watching the movie. I would recommend watching the movie. Yeah, and the movie does a great job of not revealing yeah. the thing, right? Cuz yeah. it's Right. It shows you some of the monsters. It shows you right. uh, and even the monster it does show you. It's like you have to really be quick on the draw on that fucking remote, but it does a really good job of hiding, hiding all of its cards. I think yep. this movie is fucking great. It's really fun. Yep. I mean, we're going to say this, take a drink y'all every time rewind the podcast. And now take a drink. Every time we say fun, skip over our open water segment. And then my next one, cause my next one's also not fun. 
I should have kept kept the fun ball rolling, but underwater. I also wanted, and I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because I'm kind of torturing myself with this fucking name, but I wanted to give him a highlight, uh, a shout out because he dies relatively quickly in the movie. It's not John Gallagher Jr. who I'm a huge fan of. He's in Hush. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this. Don't even do it. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because if you scroll through the fucking cast, you're going to get on him and you're like, why are you doing this to yourself? That's why I skipped him. (laughs) (laughs) Moomadoo, Moomadoo, Mamadoo, Athi. I I don't know. I would say it's Mamadoo, Athi. Mamadoo, Athi. You have to say it so quick. It has to be like my I don't. I've seen this guy in a couple of things. Uh, Patty Cakes is like the big one, and I'm like, this guy's going somewhere just based on that performance alone. So keep an eye out on. I mean, he's in this movie for. Spoiler alert: the black yeah. guy dies quick, really quick, <laughs> really fucking. Because that's the great thing about this movie is it does not fuck around. No. No. It within, starts and just goes minutes, crazy within minutes. Yeah. You're like oh. The shit is hitting the fan. And then the thing is, the shit just keeps hitting the fan over and over again. Yep. But within those first minutes, poor Mamadou, I, I man, I need to learn how to pronounce your name because I really want to put respect on it because I'm liking what you're doing. You're making all the right moves. I want to keep looking at you. I'm not going to watch the unicorn story you're in, but I might, even though I don't like Brie Larson, I might watch it just for you because I dig in your, what you're doing. Patty Cakes, really not a good movie. It's basically a remake, shockingly beat-for-beat remake of Hustle and Flow, except with a a chunky white girl in the lead. She's adorable. She was in the Jennifer Aniston movie with Dolly Parton uh, that I don't remember the name of. I don't give a shit because we're not talking about that. She was keeping well, that. Apparently, we are. We're not. We're not talking about that. We're <laughs> apparently talk, we are. We're talking about Underwater. <laughs> She's scared. She's a good actress. Um, underwater. She's not in this. Underwater. <laughs> Do you have a fifth movie you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I could have talked about. I, I do. I did want to talk about Blood Beach because I thought it would be funny. That was going to be Blood my Beach. honorable mention is Blood Beach because I'm like, it's an aquatic horror movie where you can't get to the water. I thought that would right. be fun, but I can't pick it because it's technically not aquatic horror. It okay. is fun though. It's a fun That's movie. fun. All right, on to your number two. Okay. Talking about movies that are not fun. This movie. So, talking about a movie that just, again, slipped right under the radar. And it came out two years ago. So, which is even crazier. Now, you can tell me, I don't know where this is. It, it could be on Shutter. That's probably why. Not a lot of people have seen this, but 2019's Sea Fever. You're going to Google it, you're going to see the poster, and you're going to be like, holy shit, what is that? Now, the poster is kind of misleading, because that is what the movie is, but it's not, so don't get too excited. Because I'm going to describe what the poster is. It's a a white font, Sea Fever. you got a big old, or you got a boat, like a, a, a cargo ship, right? And underneath the the ship, you see some blue translucent tentacles. And you're like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to get big Cthulhu monster in this movie. 
you don't, but you kind of do, but you don't. So don't get too excited just by looking at that poster. What this movie actually is, is what I just used to describe Leviathan. It's aliens meets the thing, except on a boat. So it's a crew. Uh, what is her name? Hermione Corfield plays, uh, let's say, an expert of something. I think she's a marine biologist. She's tasked with going on this boat to examine things, parasites or some sort. I don't remember, but she's on this boat, and the boat gets marooned in the middle of the sea. A guy goes underwater to check it out. There are tentacles latched onto the boats. Again, do not picture Cthulhu because you're not going to get Cthulhu. You, they're more like seaweeds. They're like uh, jellyfish tentacles. But they are on the boat and they're clearly coming from something that you don't see. And he's like, that's fucking weird. What the hell is that? So he gets back on the boat and he tells everyone, he's like, eh, we're kind of stuck in the middle of the ocean with these weird fucking tentacles they're 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 cool in a way where you wouldn't be immediately terrified like if there was like a a hand looking thing like a huge giant hand you would immediately swim back on the boat and then like shoot yourself in the head because you're like oh cthulhu is real and there's no way we're going to escape this but they're like it's like uh like blue like i don't want to say neon blue but like very visually bright blue uh, I guess, again, like very big jellyfish legs on it. So you would probably just think, oh, this is weird seaweed or some sort of underwater weeds of some sort because the the ocean is weird. They ha It has weird shit in it. So you wouldn't immediately be put off. And so it's don't go into this movie thinking the characters are dumb. They're doing dumb shit. There's nothing weird yet happens so it gets some samples from the thing she looks at them and she's like i don't know what the fuck this is that's weird then they keep finding weird they're hearing weird shit on the the boat then they're seeing weird wounds the boat actually has like weird pulsating uh, crustacean like wounds and they're like oh whatever the fuck was under the boat is now on the boat and it's infected the water so whoever's taking a shower in the last 24 hours is probably infected with whatever this is i don't know what it is yet we're all probably fucked sea fever i'm not going to go in, into it mo mo more than that but if you've seen the thing you can probably guess where this movie's headed what i like about this movie is that it does not it shows you enough to keep you interested, but not enough to ruin the tension of whatever it is. Because um, going back to whatever episode, uh, movies that disappointed us, you said that whenever, once they explained, once they showed and then explained what the monster and it follows is, you were out of the movie. Mm -hmm. This movie doesn't do that. It shows you some weird shit here and there and then what happens to the people is weird but you never really see what the monster is that's under the boat fucking with them and i think that's great 
So you never really get to see the monster. And I, again, I, that doesn't sound like I'm selling it. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is the exact opposite of an underwater where you see everything and you get everything you get. You get the money shots. This movie does not have the money shots, but within that, the movie spends more time cultivating suspense and tension because you don't see it. And for some of you, that's scarier if you if done right. And I do think this movie does it incredibly well, incredibly well. It's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie, but I do think it does what it does very well. It does have a couple of Connie Nelson's in it. Uh, Doug, uh, Duggery Scott is in it. So there are names in it. But it is mostly a foreign cast. I think Doug Scott might be foreign. I don't know. He might be a foreign actor. It has some names and faces you recognize, but again, it's mostly foreign Irish actors, English actors. Not 100% sure. Just a tight little thriller on a boat. They're stuck in the middle of the ocean. They can't go anywhere. There's something below them. So even if they swam, they probably would get fucked up. And you're just watching these people try to deal with it logically. And then once logic doesn't work, then the shit hits the fan. Cause they're like, I, we don't know what to do now. And so predictably, I mean, it's thankfully it's one of those movies that where the first reaction isn't, Oh, I got to kill everyone on the ship. It's rationally going, okay, maybe I could treat this. What is this? Let me try to figure this out. Here's a plan. A here's a plan B. Plan C ain't working. Okay, now I don't know what to fucking do. And once she runs out of things to do, then the rest of the crew is like, well, now we come up with our plans. It's a great movie. Sea Fever 2019. Check it out. What you said, okay, so 2019, okay, because there was two Sea Fevers and I wanted to make sure I was looking at the right one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it looks interesting. It's, again, if you if you're a fan of those self-contained little thrillers, right. you can't do better. I mean, it's not as good as your number one, which I'm guessing is your number one. I mean, I know that's a self-contained movie, and it's kind of similar to that where you don't really get to see anything. But that's, I mean, I don't want to compare it to that. I'm not comparing it to that. No, I would not compare it to this one. <laughs> I'm not comparing whatsoever. It to that. And this one, I had almost it like it. So, okay, so on to my number one. I kind of went back and forth on it, whether to even include it because it does definitely have water and aquatic and, you know, and elements and all that, but it's not on the same level with what we've kind of been talking about as nothing really happens in the actual water. Oh, I mean, there's, or in the actual, like, ocean or lake, that's like a body of water in that sense. It's definitely surrounded by that stuff it's definitely has to do with aquatic type of um things so i just i'm just going to jump right into it and just say it's the great 2019 robert eggers the lighthouse baby i that that tell me do you consider that aquatic horror no but i don't care (laughs) i really here's the thing i don't care because i don't know what you would call this because let's say at the end of the movie, because this could have been the best Lovecraft movie ever, if that's what Eggers wanted to do. Right. He literally could have ended this movie where the camera just pans over and then you should see a Cthulhu. Yeah. And you would have been like, oh, 
okay, Cthulhu's there. But he doesn't do that. And because he doesn't do that, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. Because there's something in the lighthouse. I don't know well, what that's it is. What I mean, a lighthouse, I mean, a lighthouse has to do with water because but you there know, is an aquatic element in right there is something in that or maybe there's not i don't fucking know there's a mermaid yeah. in this is there right i don't know and then that's a kind of you know like dagon you know it's there it's kind of similar to that in that it has the the whole movie isn't wrapped up into the aquatic side of things but it's definitely always there because you always, you have the seagulls, <laughs> you have, <laughs> you know, you have tons and tons of rain, you had flooding, you have, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's constantly surrounded by the aquatic part and there's definitely some horror there. And like you said, there's mermaid and there's, you know, this, you know, so there's all the elements of an aquatic horror movie. It just doesn't take place in, water like a jaws or a lake placid or an underwater or a leviathan like you know what i mean like it just doesn't take place in the same sense so i wanted to include it one because it's amazing two we haven't talked about it since have we i don't even know if we've talked about this movie i, don't I know think, we've talked about it but i don't think, I think it's we've been talked on list. around it but I don't yeah mean. so i was like i was ready to talk about this movie because it's amazing absolutely amazing you know robert eggers you know he he did the, I think it was 2015 um, or 20, yeah, I think it was 2015 with The Witch. And absolutely, you know, it's, we've talked about that movie a little bit too. I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's technically great to me. A lot of great stuff in it. I would definitely put it on one of the top horror movie, uh, 100 horror movies of all time. Easily great performances, very authentic. I love what Eggers does. This one just works so much better for me. The, um, Which to I, me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but to me that's the perfect B plus movie. Because B plus to me is like a movie that I'm never going to watch again, and I haven't. I've never rewatched The Witch, but I liked it, and I honestly couldn't tell you what I don't like about it. Like again, like you, I there's something preventing me from loving it, and I could not tell you what it is for the life of me. I could not fucking. I'm like, I don't know. Like, the performances are all fucking amazing. Like you said, I mean, like, top notch. Like, I, there's, like I said, technically, there's nothing that I can sit here and say that is not good from performances to it feels like an actual, it was, you know, set in the whatever, 1600, 17, whatever it is. You know, it looked like as genuine as you could possibly get if that's what it was. Mm hmm. But I just know there's something that just doesn't click yeah, with me. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Like I, I couldn't even tell you a scene that I would cut from it. No, like there's not even a scene where I'd be like, "Well, this is dragon." Like, well, no. maybe the 45 minutes of him cutting chopping wood. <laughs> That's one thing I was like, "Him doing chopping the wood." I mean, I get it. Don't. I mean, I get it. And you get it eventually, but I mean, but the thing is, thing. that's in this movie too. That's kind of oh, Eggers yeah. is huge on the horror of repetition. Yeah, the mad, the well, not horror, the, the madness of chores, and he ain't wrong, man. Because watching Pattinson do the same <laughs> thing over and over again, you start to feel, you start to lose your fucking mind. Right, you're like, you're like oh my gosh, you're in the madness there with him, and 
this one, you know, Robert Pattinson, I mean, William Defoe, William Defoe absolutely deserved a Oscar nomination for this role, but because it's horror horror like type of movie, of course, it's not going to get any kind of look. It, absolutely amazing. Robert Pattinson, I mean, just right there with him. And, you know, we, Robert Pattinson, they they both. There's I'm not going to get into everything that there's a lot of different kind of theories of what is going on here. And all um, of them equally valid. Right. It yeah. Is this is not, the, I don't think there's a definitive right answer. This is one of the only movies where after I watched it, I wrote down at least six theories I had. Mm-hmm. The first one I had was, oh, there's two Willem Dafoe's in this, clearly. There's two different Dafoe's. And then I was like, oh, no, then it's probably him just being sober and drunk. Because I'm like, he's radically different in the morning mm. than he is in the night. Right. So I was like, oh, he's there's two of them. But then I was like, oh, they're the same person? Like, there's, there's, and it, I can go through all of them. And in your mind, you probably think they're spoilers. I cannot possibly spoil this fucking movie. No. Because there is no answer to it. And that's that's the again this is the probably the perfect hp lovecraft adaptation because again he's not adapting lovecraft but it has all of the earmarks right it just doesn't show you that that unfathomable horror that's going to drive you mad it's there it's hinted at maybe kind of sort of is willem dafoe the cthulhu i don't fucking know I don't know. I legitimately don't know if there is a mermaid in this. I don't know if it's all in his mind. If there's a fucking weird sea monster in the light, or if the foe's just jerking off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. And that's, and that's the beauty of this one is that it's like I said, there's five, six different type of things. It could be, and you're all right. And you're probably all wrong. I mean, the only way we would ever know is if, Robert Eggers came, himself came out and said, "No, this is exactly what it is." <laughs> but no, it's it the the feel of it, you know, the black and white feel of it is just you know, it there's a it's not there's like a gimmick, but it's not gimmicky with this movie. Um, it's that uh, I can't think of what it's called where it's the aspect you know, ratio. The aspect ratio of it, you know, is wonky. It's like 16 Definitely by different. 9 or some shit. Right. It, looks- it just feels like an old, you know, 20s. It's almost like a silent film almost mm-hmm. type of thing. And like I said, that there's a gimmick there, but it's not. It doesn't feel like, oh, oh, here's my gimmick. Uh, you know, I got it. I'm trying to make a statement with my gimmick. It just, no, it, it fit the movie. It made sense. And then you just got Robert Pattinson and um, Will- Willem Dafoe just absolutely just knocking it out of the park scene after scene. And Willem Dafoe just being one of the greatest characters. I instantly one of my favorite characters of all time from here. And it's, it's just like you said, his drunken rants and his farting and his <laughs> all of his everything were scripted. All of his farts were scripted. Yeah, of course they were. And uh, you know, it was like and then his sayings, you know, that when he gets they're dancing and when he gets upset, is like, oh, tell me you like my lobster. <laughs> you know, don't don't ever kill a seagull. And I mean, it's just oh, it's so great. I love this movie so much. Again, I may be a cheat when it comes to aquatic horror. It definitely has aqua 
stuff to it. It definitely has horror elements to it. So I went with it anyway. So my my number one, 2019's The Lighthouse. I think this movie is a masterpiece. When I made, that's not even a cheap plug because I don't care if you read it or not. I made a list of the 100 greatest movies from the 2010s. And this movie had just come out and I already put it in the top 30, I think. <laughs> Like, cause I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's I'm like, it's not gonna go lower in estimation. Like, I really truly don't believe that. Like, I think I do. I'm with you that I put the witch in. I mean, we're gonna get into this next year, but um, I mean, this is a taste of where the fuck we're gonna land on this. Top forty, top thirty, uh, around forty to thirty-five in that range that's where i would put the witch personally i wouldn't put this on the top 100 best horror movies because i i don't think it's a horror movie but i honestly don't know what it is i don't know what this is i don't know what you classify it as i it's got horror elements i mean i i'm if you if you wanted to call it horror i can't argue against it because it's unclassifiable to me because it's it's so many things. It's also funny as shit. Yeah, legitimately funny. I mean, like, it could be like a horror comedy, even. Yeah, like, it's really... every everything that comes out of Willem Dafoe's mouth is funny to me. Hark, he's funny. He's a funny. <laughs> oh, guy. his whole his whole little spiel. I mean, it's like, but there's very much there's some really good drama here, and there's some mm-hmm. really good. Like I said, yeah, there. I, I, I to me, yes, I consider it a horror. It, it, there's enough there because you know my interpretation not to give it is that it is kind of, there's so many I, I don't know if i've ever landed on the exact interpretation because there's like a purgatory type feel to it yes you're like you don't you you feel like okay well is it just thomas being you know because of his past is he in purgatory or is there something else here or is it just a nightmare is it you know what what the hell is going on we don't know like i said but yeah no I, there's so many different com- comedy drama you know all that stuff to it uh, just yeah you well, can't skip ahead it. skip ahead if you haven't seen this movie the most likely theory is probably cuz pattinson clearly did some but something to somebody he killed somebody and took their identity i think uh-huh. yep. and Willem Dafoe is his guilt personified tormenting him and he is in purgatory and slash limbo and he can never escape because he probably also killed himself or <laughs> Willem Dafoe is him in the future somehow and I don't remember where I was going with that theory but I was like they're kind of very similar and they do like similar things it's it's so fucking crazy the fucking it's like an onion and each petal of the onion the layer has its own layer and you're like i can't stop unfolding this thing my brain is gonna fucking i can't watch i would never watch this high because i'm like my brain would explode like i couldn't it's one it's one the more you watch it the more you watch it the more you get out of it and you may have a different interpretation every single because they're both named thomas yes so what well, you know like i said and they do you know other than willem dafoe being in you know several inches shorter than uh robert pattinson 
they very much could be the same person in this in this whatever's going on type of thing as well. So it's just it's very unique, you know, very unique in 20, you know, or when, you know, when it came out in 2019, when everything is superheroes or part nines or whatever Did it really come out in 2019. 2019 doesn't that feel like a hundred years ago of forever ago i mean it was like honestly it was like one of the last few movies i saw before everything went to hell like it was the it was you know it was like i saw the lodge underwater a few other movies before that and lighthouse i think it was around I want to say, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say around like an October time, September, October time when it came out. So and then at the end of 2019. So, yeah. It's wild. How much time is one yeah. year, one fucking year is <laughs> like put this in my mind five years ago. Like yeah. that's how long ago this is. And it's only 2019. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are technically on the other half of 2021. Again, yeah, it's almost two years ago. And I don't like dating these episodes, but yeah, we're almost, we're not almost done, but we're more than halfway done with this year. And that's yeah. crazy to me because I'm like, what the fuck is, <laughs> where, where has the time gone? And speaking of time going, let us run down our picks, starting with me and my stupid ass. Number 10, Cruel Jaws in 1995. Number nine, Lake Placid, 1999. Number eight, Sting of Death. 1966. Number seven, The Raft, part of Creepshow 2, 1987. Number six, Open Water, 2003. Number five, Dagon, 2001. Uh, number four is Leviathan, 1989. Number three, Underwater, 2020. Number two, Sea Fever, 2019. And number one, The Lighthouse 2019. That's our list. If you agree or disagree, or you can even vote on whose picks you like more over on Nether Lists at Instagram. Instagram at Nether Lists. Get that one backwards. Or you can find Kane and myself at ScreenHWasteland.com. And if you're feeling generous, you can always give us some money on Patreon.com slash NOTL. But before we go, don't forget, kitties, it's all hell trash. All hell trash. <laughs>